Hi, this is Alina and Megan, and you're listening to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast, where we dive into all things health, wellness, and fitness. We are two certified athletic trainers, personal trainers, and nutrition coaches who met and graduated together from the University of Arkansas. And we want to do this podcast to spread our joy about treating our bodies well through nutrition, exercise, and knowledge. Solana Lewis is a certified personal trainer and powerlifting coach. She trains powerlifters and general population clients online. Solana herself is a world champion powerlifter and currently holds the junior American squat record for the 63 kilogram weight class. Her background as a competitive powerlifter, along with her bachelor's degree in exercise science and five years of coaching has helped her to develop training models to advance both powerlifters and the average everyday person with their fitness. Solana's personal experience with failures as well as success in powerlifting gives her a unique lens to coach powerlifting athletes and give them what they need to progress. Her passion and interest in human movement and performance drives her personal education and research to find the best scientific strategies to ensure her client's success to reach and exceed their goals. Welcome to the podcast, Solana. Today on the podcast, we welcome Coach Solana Lewis. Welcome, Solana. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good. We're actually together, which <laughs> is so cool and was very last minute for us, but we are recording this in Tacoma, Washington. And you're all the way in New Jersey, so literally from coast to coast. Yeah. So our voices are a little bit more croaky because it's a little earlier for us. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a few hours earlier. So we were really attracted to your information just because everything you have been doing with the kind of merging different ways of training plus powerlifting, I find fascinating. And I'd love to hear your message and like, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to what you're doing. Okay, so I'll start to how I got to what I'm doing. So when I went into college, which was seven years ago, <laughs> I went into it not knowing what I wanted to do, but I kind of liked exercising. And I got introduced to sport of powerlifting as a sophomore in college. I had a friend, I was working at the gym, and when I was working out, I was like, just do whatever. Like, oh, I'm going to use this rip machine. I'll make my butt look good, I think. <laughs> so, you know, it's like doing whatever. But my friend who palates, it was like, you seem like decently strong for just someone who's looking for fun. So long story short, he just took me to one of his meets where I saw females powerlifting. So at this time, I was 18 years old, and I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, girls lifting heavy. Like, I thought that made you like a man. I thought you just all of a sudden had like a hairy beard and just like... <laughs> the whole nine yards and you did that so I was so fascinated by it that I started to try it at the same time I decided to make my degree exercise science so I started studying exercise science at the same time as powerlifting and what I really learned from that was that powerlifting is very fascinating like you lift as much as you can and I'm like hmm I'm going to try to lift as much as I can while learning so much about like the human body like how it's supposed to move how it's supposed to kind of like breathe not they really talk about breathing and exercise science degree yeah, at all but you know <laughs> so so now I've been in sport for six and a half years so fast forward through I started kind of coaching people about three years ago without much of an understanding of breathing or anything that kind of Katie taught us in the mentorship I was just like lift heavy grunt right and so when I did, <laughs> when I did Katie's mentorship, Katie St. Clair's, which was a few months ago, that was really what kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, like my sport does not understand that you don't have to be in pain and powerless. There are ways to like essentially breathe from the inside 
where you can actually increase your range of motion without just, you know, doing more extension to get to that range of motion. So our sport is so extension based. I don't know how much you've looked at pallets in competition, but if you have, you'll see like our bench press is literally you arch as much as possible to have the highest arch you possibly can, mm -hmm. right? To get the least range of motion. To get the least range of motion. So there's a reason for it, but we kind of take this pattern into our squats. We take this pattern into our deadlift. And I did a very recent coaching certification by USAPL. It's the biggest federation of powerlifting. It's been around the longest. And literally I was taught in that certification to, they say to be as much extension as possible, to be as rigid and extended as possible to get the bar up in your squat. They say that to you. So it's a very missed thing in powerlifting that you can actually be strong, but not be in pain and not just rely on your low back extensors to do every single thing for you. So I would say that my message essentially is that you do not have to be in pain when you powerlift. There are ways to breathe in specific positions to get you where you need to be so to hit your depth, to be strong, to be below parallel without just relying on, I will arch as much as I possibly can and have <laughs> the most extended position I possibly can. Yeah. So I was going to say, what was I going to say? Basically, I mean, is it possible to like really change your technique that much? Or do you kind of more add in accessory exercises that sort of balance out or cancel out all of the stuff that you're doing? Because I mean, powerlifting, not only is it like you're in a kind of a not favorable position for regular life, but also it's fucking heavy. Like your nervous system is just like hardwired in those positions. So how do you kind of implement and kind of explain to our audiences, listen to the rest of our episodes that kind of Katie's been on to kind of explain her background, but like, can you give us an example of something that you do for yourself that has really helped you in your powerlifting? Yes. So I'll start with the first question you asked, which was, do I change their actual movement for the big three or do I do it more to the accessories? So I would say that the way I essentially rehab my powerlifters, at this point I call it rehabbing my powerlifters, is by their warm-up and their accessory work. And also it can be like very specific work in the big three that's just not exactly competition style, right? Yeah. So first of all, you have to, let's just take a step back and think about powerlifters, right? The biggest class is the open class. And that is a class of technically whatever age, but a lot of my lifters are between 18 and 30, right? That's just me. That's just the lifters that I tend to work with. Now, essentially very busy people trying to squeeze in these three-hour workouts because the housing can take a long time. They tend to go into it already like, I got to get going, right? So what does that mean? We're already having a stressed out state. Right. So we take that stressed out state with a sport that always puts you in extension and what do you get pain. So I would say that I start with their warm up because if you can get them to at least calm down enough to be more aware of their body position, they'll tend to go into their squat or their deadlift without already being in like hyper extension, you know? So I would say that the first thing I do is get them to breathe in better positions. Now I also see that as PRI and kind of breathing is starting to get introduced into our sport, I see too much lying on the ground in the beginning, which is not the most ideal thing when you're about to lift as heavy as you can to just be that relaxed. So it's finding the balance with my clients to kind of get you to breathe in good positions, but also 
standing up because if I keep laying you on the ground, will you take that into your squat? Probably not. So I start with their warm up and then yes, their accessory work is really when they get to be in healthier positions. So when you're a pilot, you're like, you will hinge your squat. There is no like squatty squat position, but also lifting as much as you can. Like you're just not going to lift as much as you can yeah. that way. Yeah. So I get them in the healthier squat patterns with their accessory work, add them focus more on their positioning and breathing. I have to really cue that like we are not going as heavy as we can with accessories because we, we take that mentality into everything. So I have to really drill them like when we do accessories, it's to feel the right thing. It's not to lift as heavy as you can. What do I do for myself that's helped me a lot is that would definitely be like in my warm up in my beginning. I, since I've taken Katie's course, I understand more of like, okay, if I'm shifted one minute, I'm shifted a different way because we're all asymmetrical. But when it comes to powerlifting, you don't want to be like super, let's just say super shifted into one hip or something crazy. Or you really rotate one way, but then you have to do all these bilateral lifts that are super heavy. So what I've been doing is just making sure that everyone's starting kind of as even as possible. So for me, like for some reason, I'm always like my left low back and the left side is like aching. So I'm like, okay. And I don't pay attention to it until I'm about to lift. <laughs> Cause that's like a true athlete, like a true athlete. <laughs> exactly. So basically I've just been making sure that I'm doing stuff that's asymmetrical in the beginning to get me more symmetrical for my lifting. So it might be like a standing, like healthier squat pattern, but shifting into my right hip. I'm always shifting to my left, but breathing in that position with a load. So I might have like a 50 pound dumbbell in my hand, a goblet position shifting into my right hip because I need that load to get me actually fired up because that's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> if I do it without any sort of weight or any sort of load, I don't see as much of a help. So yeah. my lifters too, it's like, again, we can't just lie on the ground. I have to get you to feel these healthier positions and patterns with some sort of load so that your brain's actually like, okay, you want me to do this while I'm lifting kind of heavy? okay, so I should probably take this into my barbell squat that I'm about to do in five minutes. Yeah, their threshold is a lot higher. Yeah. Sure. So with those accessory lifts, are you completely replacing accessory, like normal powerlifting accessory lifts are usually to like kind of fill in the gaps and where their big three are kind of lacking. So are you replacing those with all of these correctives that are higher level or are you like kind of mixing them in amongst them? I definitely mix them in, but honestly, when you think, like, when you think about it, powerlifting accessories, yes, it's to fill in the gaps, but you can do almost all these accessories and do it in a better position. You really can. So, like, what's the big thing that powerlifters have to do? Like, we have to get our back stronger because, like, everything is, like, you know, you bench, 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 right? So, let's so you have to get back stronger. But you can do, like, pull-ups and rows and keep a healthier position and focus on the breathing. So, I definitely have them go a little bit lighter because they're not used to it when they start with me. But I'm doing the same movements that they were probably doing before. I'm just changing the breathing strategy and making sure that they're in a better position when they do it. Like, even for bench press, like, I might have them do it without that super extended back arch sometimes. But also, you can have, like, an arch in your back, but still be focusing on your breathing patterns to get, like, more posterior expansion in that position. It can still transfer over. So I don't drastically change every single accessory movement, I just add in the breathing and add in a better position to focus on. This is so cool, especially I know for myself, because I was a competitive Olympic weightlifter. So I just want to clarify for our audience, the difference between Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting, mm -hmm. because a lot of people just don't know. And then I'm going to ask you something 
else after that. But so for me, I did snatch and clean and jerk, which the difference position wise, they're different movements, obviously, but they're still very extension based that sport. You're still trying to go as heavy as possible. It's just, I think Olympic weightlifting attracts more, I'd say like shorter athletes, ones that are very explosive. Tell us a little bit more about like powerlifting, the three movements and what types of athletes do you get to work with? Who become powerlifters? Okay, so powerlifting is squat, so barbell back squat, bilateral barbell, <laughs> low bar back squat, <laughs> barbell bench press, and then barbell deadlift, either conventional or sumo. So who do I get to work with? So people who are in the sport, so first of all, you have to remember, it's, it's even though it's called powerlifting, it's just a strange sport. They're grind. <laughs> They're named. It is super grind, slow, low range of motion. I have said this since I did Olympic weightlifting. I was like, I think that they're named actually backwards. Because if you think about it, Olympic weightlifting is powerful and explosive. And powerlifting is about lifting weight, heavy weight off the ground or pushing it or whatever, squatting it. I just feel like the names are completely incorrect, but. Literally. I have a question question for you. I don't know. Did you play sports or anything when you were younger? Yes, I did. So I was always a track athlete. That was pretty much since I was like 10 years old. I did triple jump, long jump, and sprinting. 200, 400. Could never do the 100. It was not fast enough. (laughs) Pretty explosive. I mean, the 400 is more of like just a hell race. That's kind of like a power lift. I mean, it's like a slow grind as hard and fast as Longer, slow. But so do you feel since you started powerlifting that you've gotten less explosive or do you feel like it's enhanced it or just wondering? Okay, good question. So I do actually feel like I've gotten more explosive because I was always so weak Mm -hmm. until I started powerlifting. And when I realized that being stronger can help me be more explosive, that was kind of a big deal. So I have gotten more explosive also I program a lot of active recovery work for myself and for my clients where they actually work on some plyometrics. And since I took Katie's course, I've really realized like how much co-contraction can really help us just with our joints. So co-contraction is basically just you're contracting multiple joints at the same same time. So it might be like you're doing like contracting the ankle and the knee and the hip, just saying that for the people who are listening. So I've just realized like, wow, like I was always taught always taught that any sort of power movement and powerlifting is like useless like don't do it like don't do a box jump through do anything and to an extent yeah we should that should not be the focus <laughs> but doing some of that can help with just joint health in general i just program it differently where most people would think power in the beginning then strength well our sport's all about strength so i'm not going to have you do like any sort of jumping or plyo before the actual like heavy strength sessions, but I might have you do it in your accessory work after where you're already sort of fatigued, but I still see a benefit in that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the co-contractions because that was something that I feel, I mean, it's just kind of a, a base that most people should have. And I feel like with most of the powerlifters that I know, it's kind of like the ones that are, have been doing it for a lot longer are the ones that tend to have joint problems or the people that just really don't have the best way of dispersing load but like yeah just to clarify like the way that I explain co-contractions is like your muscles are kind of babysitting the joint because your ligaments are kind of like last line of defense right you want to make sure 
that the muscles are really managing that joint in that like kind of mid range of motion versus like kind of clunking into the end range or like never even getting to that end range. So you've been implementing those with all of your athletes as well. Yes, I just started, so it's definitely a newer thing that I'm introducing. So I was never doing any certified measurement with my with my powerlifters before this, but I am just seeing that they literally just feel better. Plus, I always did active recovery work with my clients. So there'd be one day where it's like we're not gonna focus on lifting with a barbell at all. Just <laughs> healthier movement patterns that are lower RPE and maybe even some cardio because oh my gosh, powerlifters can do cardio and not lose all their gains. Yeah. I definitely implemented a lot more into that workout too, because it's already a day that we're not focused on lifting as heavy as possible. So they can actually get more out of the explosivity work too, just because they're not fatigued from like five by five heavy squatting. Yeah. Cool. That's so awesome that you're implementing all this. Yeah, it's very cool. So you learned a lot of this stuff from Katie St. Clair's program, which we've had Katie on twice. We need to get her back on. She's so fun to have on. And I did the program, the first EP that came out when COVID kind of hit and had to stop doing the program. And then Megan did it afterwards. So you and Megan were in the same group. And we just have such great things, all of us to say about EP. We learned so much. And I think when you take some of that information and merge it with a sport like powerlifting, which in my mind, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, those types of sports are pretty opposite types of info. It's really hard to merge that and get somebody to understand it. So how do you explain these positional breathing exercises or just different positions in your pull-ups and your accessory work? How do you explain that to a new lifter? Yeah. Ooh, to a new lifter. I was about to say, well, (laughs) so for one thing, I will say this. By the time someone gets to me and says, I want to power lift, and a lot of people I start with are like, I want to do my first meet. They've at least been lifting for a while. Okay. Like so they've been living no no just exercising with weights for a while when you get to the point where you're like oh, i want to get on the platform it's not like yeah i've never done a squat like yeah. no yeah. i'm not the one <laughs> so by the time it gets me they already have some sort of movement awareness they've been in the gym atmosphere for at least a year actually if you haven't been in the gym at least a year i don't take you on for powerlifting you're not ready for it yet so that being said i would say that i coach you all through video and they really it's always a new concept to them when they get to it. But I just really have to stress that we're doing certain things not for lifting heavy. Like, forget about lifting heavy right here. I need you to feel this, this, and this. Yeah. But here's the thing that buys them into it, right? There's always something going on in one of their lifts that's like a weak point. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're doing like a sumo deadlift and like your knees just cave in and your back just arching and you're always in pain. A lot of people come to me in pain. It's like, hey, like if we focus on these breathing drills, but again, we're not just lying on the ground, so you're still losing weight, so it doesn't feel like you're doing nothing. If we focus on this, it's going to fix your back pain and the deadlift, then you can lift heavier. Once they hear that, they're like, I can lift heavier, I'll do whatever you say. Like that's all they care about. It's like the PT who gets person in pain. I I'll be out of pain, I'll do whatever you say. I'll do this weird thing where I'm breathing and rolling around on the ground. I don't care. Like well, I'd be able to lift heavier. So it's pretty easy to get buy in because as long as I just click it to this is what's going on in your lift that's wrong, this will help fix it. You will then have a higher total. They'll do they'll listen to what anything I say. <laughs> What's like the stereotypical way that they'll like work on range of motion if they do? I mean, like if they're like tight or they feel like they're restricted somewhere. I mean, it's different when you're moving weight, it's different. Like, I feel like if I have weight, I mean, it's honestly, it can kind of help you get more range of motion in a lot of ways because you're 
mobility is kind of like activated in a way because you're using your muscle, but what's the typical go-to versus breathing properly? The typical go-to is always foam rolling and stretching. Yeah, always. that's the right way to do things, isn't it? Didn't you think, didn't you know that? And it's like, they're always in pain. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, there are people who've already been lifting for a while and I'm like, what do you think this stretch is doing? You've been doing the same stretch and doing it for over a year. If it's still tight, air quote tight, like we need to try a different approach. Yeah. But that's another thing that gets them buy-in pretty fast because again, when you coach powerlifting, you're not coaching people who've never worked out before. They're always in a spot where it's like, I've been trying this and it's not working. Yeah. Every time they get to me, so I've been trying something that's not working. So it's like, let's try something else. And they're like, yeah, let's try something else. I find it really interesting that everyone's go-to is stretch and foam roll. Yeah. And I think it's, it's been, all sports it's, and no, it's what it's we've been what, taught. It's, I mean, but think about it. Like we're always, before we know something, we don't know it. Right. And like, I, I think mean, that's just think the old school methodology too. One, and it's not even that old school. Like this is new information. Most people do not understand this information. Oh no, I know. Yeah. I, definitely. And I think people like you that are taking this into the powerlifting world, like you have such an impact because these are the people that like lifting, like moving their body. So now you're, you're showing them, okay, let's also move it in a healthier way and get your nervous system to calm down a bit because most of the time your nervous system is jacked up and you're doing it through lifting and you're doing it through positions. And that's just the best way to spread the word about things, intelligent people teaching other intelligent people. So Solana, you have, I don't remember what it's called, but you have a program or like, I'm not exactly sure if it's a program or if it's like just kind of your way of getting the word out about what you're doing as far as coaching. But can you tell us a little bit about that, what you're doing? Yes. So I have a new, let's call it a new coaching method. (laughs) Sure. It's called Youth Strong 90. And the whole point of it is within 90 days is for newer lifters who want to compete or have done like their first one or two meets, but they can still use hugging used to like actually competing and to get them to move better and completely transform the technique with the barbell. That's like the main goal, move better and your barbell technique will improve drastically or else I will literally just give you a full refund. <laughs> like that that's is the cool. whole point of it. <laughs> you're probably going to get no refunds. Yeah. Because for real. it just so happens that the stuff you're doing actually works. <laughs> exactly. And plus I think another thing that's helpful, like even though there's plenty of pilots and coaches who don't necessarily have like certain achievements, but they're still amazing. I think the reason too I get people to come to me is because I got my world champion first place medal in 2018. So I think that really just kind of helped people kind of start driving towards me like, oh, you're kind of teaching this stuff. But also I remember like you won that world. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that makes a big difference. So now they're looking at you as like, oh, you're this well-known athlete. I want to compete like like you do. And so they're they're looking up to you and they want to know what you're doing. That's so cool. What's your favorite lift? Ooh. Okay, so it changes every single, like, five months. So right now it's deadlift. It will always change between squat and deadlift. It will never be bench press because my leverages are just not made for benching. I do it, but it's just not. You have long arms? You have long arms? I have very long arms. I have a short torso, and I have a very long leg. It's so funny because you pull sumo. I pull sumo, yes. Funny because I also have the American spot record right now for juniors, which you wouldn't think. So, but like bench pressing me, like no. 
It's just so interesting that body types have so much to do with it. Because, like, for Olympic weightlifting, you don't want long arms either. For either <laughs> lifts, you want short arms and a long torso. Or a long body. <laughs> yeah, no, you just want to be short. You want short femurs. You want short arms. But, like, if I were to try and do powerlifting, I think I'd seriously struggle. <laughs> I could squat high bar. That's it. So it's just yep. very interesting because the sports, so many people just don't understand the differences. And there's huge differences, completely different sport. But powerlifting definitely, I think it's it's very difficult because you have lifts that you may want longer arms for and then lifts that you may want a shorter arm for, but it's all one sport. Exactly. Like, if you want to be great at squatting, you'll probably be lucky to have shorter legs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just less range of motion in the squat deadlifting it's so deadlifting I would still say kind of shorter legs but if you pull sumo you might enjoy having longer legs yeah and the deadlift and longer arms funky arms help <laughs> wow bench press you just want to have short arms like if your yeah. arms are long oh that sucks to be you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have a very off-topic question but I'm actually very interested in this topic and I think with your population you work with you'll have some insight. So I kind of want to do research one day on hormone imbalances and sports like powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting. And like when we do these lifts, it's a very high uh, cortisol spike when we're doing the lifts. And then in general, when you leave the gym, you're kind of still in that state, whether it's your body still being in that state or your brain still thinking you are lifting the weights as you're getting in the car, driving home and just all the impact that like we're not really meant to lift weight like that and we're doing these things that are a little more abnormal for a human body but do you feel that i'd say more females but i think males can also have this do you feel that you see a lot of stressed out anxiety driven individuals that maybe do powerlifting or or like people that have a very high cortisol stress levels i'd say just overall stress levels what is the opposite lower yeah, like if you're able to turn it off, you can turn it on harder. Oh, that's interesting. You know? I'm not that person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that person. I see both, but I definitely see more people who are already stressed out during the sport to like to quote relieve their stress, but it oh, doesn't. Totally. <laughs> Especially since like I work with a lot of people who like between 18 and 30. A lot of my lifters are in college, right? So they're, like, trying to get through school and also fit inside for lifting. They'll also try to, like, learn how to grow up in this crazy world. And then you also have have a lot of people who are, like, coming to me who, like, had their kids and need to get back into powerlifting. Mm. That's a lot of stress, too. Yeah. So I definitely see people who are already stressed out. I have a few people, a few people who can turn it off easily and they're not super stressed out people. It's rare for me to find that person. It's so interesting. I just find it fascinating with hormone wise, my own story and what I've gone through, but I just really want to do research with powerlifters and weightlifters and looking at their hormone levels. Honestly. That would be so cool. What's yeah. funny to me and Alina can attest to this too is so we're both athletic trainers and like I've worked with a lot of high level football teams. And I feel like in general, and maybe this is just because they're always exhausted because if you're a division one football player your life is literally like it's like eight hours of football related things a day and then you have school too but like most of them seem to be pretty like mellow like pretty chill in yeah. general and then you know you, when you're on the field you can you're obviously Turn in a very on. sympathetic state and like football is very explosive like short bursts or, or whatever 
and then basketball, same thing, high level basketball. They're very mellow. And I mean, a lot of these, a lot of this is like the male sports too. The female sports, I feel like the female athletes tend to be a little bit more higher stress. That's just like my personal observation. I don't know if that's. I don't know. I also think it's interesting because you're in New Jersey. I was in New York and we were in Arkansas. So it's very different. I was in Washington too. Oh, true. And SEC football is pretty intense. SEC football is intense, but the state, I think, of living is a little more relaxed in the South. But I don't know. I don't know. It's something I want to test. I want to. I really want to look at athletes and look at their hormone levels. I just find it fascinating. But I was just wondering your thoughts on it. <laughs> no, I definitely just say I get people who are already stressed out trying to, quote, relieve their stress with the stressful sport. <laughs> I know. And not relieving their stress at all. Yeah, I know. It's adding stress to your body. People just don't realize that. It feels great. And I love being an athlete and lifting weights, but sometimes it's it's a lot on the body. <laughs> uh, I would say one thing, though. The one thing I do try to do more of, which I wish a few more powerlifting coaches would do, I get a lot of information on what's going on outside the gym just by, like, constantly asking weekly check-ins and even, like, their daily data when they give me yeah. all the information, like, what was your sleep like? A lot of my lifters like track macros already without me helping. So like I'm like, what are your macros at? Like, did you actually eat enough? Like, how high is your stress? And I'll really ask them, what was your stress level going into the gym today? And so sometimes I get someone who's constantly like, my stress was 10, my sleep was two. It's like yeah. if we can at least really focus in on that recovery, like sleep and just like maybe even adding in meditation, I'll recommend stuff like that. So I'm like, you need to be able to de-stress outside the gym. So they definitely, if they come to me super stressed out, they at least start to learn to implement small things to get them better. Do you find that a lot of your lifters have trouble sleeping? You knew I was going to ask that. No, I actually don't. Oh, wow. That's great. I actually don't. They may have high stress if they came into the gym super stressed out and like they're eating like off. But sleep-wise, most of my lifters come to me actually saying, I do whatever I can to get out of sleep because it's not my whole day shot. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's the best recovery. The so best. I feel too. If I don't get sleep, I can immediately, like that same day, I can feel it. But if I do, like, I pretty generally just stay good. But obviously, I'm not a powerlifter, but I mean, yeah. I just try as best as I can. So, Solana, <laughs> a couple more questions for you. One question is What are you currently reading, if anything? Ooh. Woo. Okay. So, I just started a book. <laughs> And I, I hope I got the name right. I started last night. <laughs> I think it's called Dark Matter. Yeah, it's called Dark Matter. And it's a fictional book. And it's like a sci-fi thriller where basically this dude was like, okay, I wanted to have this life being like a really famous science person. Because he's in the full of science. He's a professor at college. But he's like, I got someone pregnant. I have children now. It kind of messed up my life route. Like I'm still happy-ish, but not really type of the could be. And then, long story short, someone, like, kidnaps him and, like, puts a bunch of meals in him, and he wakes up in the life that he wanted. And he's like, but where are my kids? And where's my wife? Usually people, like, give us these super scientific books, but I actually love, like, fantasy and that type of story. Like, it takes you out of this world we're living in, especially 2020. Yeah. And so this is a really great recommendation. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. We'll link it in the show notes. Just something sciencey, like oh, no, I'm reading. No, white this is great this. because I love this. <laughs> yeah, we just talked about science for an hour, so yeah, talk about fiction. Where can people find you if they want to do your 90 day program? If they want to work with you, 
and you do virtual. Yeah. How can people find you? So you can find me via Instagram. My Instagram is Solana underscore lift. And also you can always email me Solana Lewis dot PT at gmail.com. All of my coaching is virtual, 100% of it. So it's written programming, it's video analysis, feedback. It's we get like monthly talks face-to-face via screen so we can like get a real check in on how you're doing. But I work with a lot of lifters who are just like around the country because wow. I do all virtually online. So if someone is like, so are you like virtual with them when they're training in the gym or is it kind of like they film themselves and then you give them feedback after they've already left the gym? Great question. So they film themselves and give me, I give them the feedback after they've already left the gym. Every once in a while, I'll have someone who's like, please just help me out like during a session. So I, that, that's like a different kind of charge, but I'll do that. But 99.9% of it is they record themselves. I give them feedback for the whole week of lifting, like one day out of the week. And I take that feedback into them for the next week. Got it. Cool. That's awesome. And last question is, what do you do? Obviously, we know some of it. Powerlifting and breathing. Powerlifting. <laughs> what do you do to move your brain and your body every day? It doesn't have to be every day. My okay to move my brain. I listen to a lot of Christian podcasts actually, because <laughs> they just help me stay centered and help me with my stress a lot and basically change my life. I love that, especially Christian podcasts for young adults. To move my body besides working out, I now force myself to go outside and walk daily. Something that's very underrated. Cardio. I make it like, <laughs> and I don't like it in the sense that I don't want to start. But also, like, I just spend so much time in the gym or, like, watching lifts. I'm like, I should just walk outside, like, in nature for 25 to 30 minutes. I mean, it's great for you, but it's probably getting colder over there. <laughs> it's almost time to stop walking outside, yeah. <laughs> but it's not that cold yet. Yeah, okay. here too. We went on a eight-mile hike yesterday, and it was really rainy. And someone didn't oh have my jacket. Gosh. So, yeah, it was pretty wet, but... Cool. Well, Solana, thank you so much for coming on. I knew this was going to be amazing because pers- so awesome. you just have an infectious personality. And anyone who's interested in, in powerlifting or even just lifting in general, like this chick knows what the hell she's talking about. So yeah, this was so fun. Thank yes. you for coming on. We, we're so happy to have you. Thank you guys for asking me to come on. Very exciting. Yes, ma'am. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. Join in every week as we release new episodes. Subscribe or leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts. If you have questions or topics to cover, please email moveyourbb at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at moveyourbb.